0: What's up, Mandy? How are you? Oh, I'm good. How you doing?
1: Good. It's just going to be me today. Why is okay, that cool. not working? Hi.
0: <laughs> What's going on?
1: Uh, just uh, another day in paradise over here.
0: <laughs> another day in paradise out there in Arizona. <laughs> nice and warm out there, I bet.
1: Yeah. Where are you at?
0: I'm in uh, Waxhaw, North Carolina, which is Charlotte, we'll say.
1: Okay. There you uh, go. So
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. thanks for doing this today.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: Um, i tell you what, Mandy, introduce yourself real quick, if you would.
1: Uh, my name is Mandy Heflin, and I am one of the owners of Chula Seafood.
0: Awesome. Out in Arizona, and y'all are, y'all have figured out a way.
1: Hold on one second, sorry.
0: Yeah, no problem.
1: Get my email so it doesn't buzz while we're in here. Uh, yes, okay, so, Hi. <laughs>
0: you figured out a way to get fresh i mean super fresh seafood uh to the desert um out in arizona five and a half hour truck drive from i guess san diego if i understand correctly i watched your video i thought that was really cool um so this is something that before y'all started doing it people didn't really think it could be done and y'all figured out a way is that is that pretty much the story
1: Pretty much. I mean, there weren't really options out here prior to us kind of starting what we do. Um, my husband and I uh, kind of were in odd jobs and his family's been in the commercial fishing industry for 20, 25 years, um, more so as a hobby of sorts. But, um, you know, we looked at each other one day and we're like, why are we not bringing this fresh fish to Arizona? You know, you couldn't you couldn't really have access to uh high quality fish as a retail consumer you could find it in hotels and restaurants and all that but it was really missing um the everyday person that wants to come in and you know buy some fish at a fish market uh and i'm from seattle so i was definitely feeling the itch for uh fresh seafood i pretty much stopped eating fish from moving out here i moved out in 2004 for school and then, um, you know, we got married in 2012 and then we started, we started the Arizona side of things in, uh, 2015, um, uh, my father-in-law in San Diego, he began, uh, distributing off of our boat in 2009. Um, but that was mostly based just wholesale and all of that. And we, we opened our first restaurant here in 2016,
0: 2016. How many locations do you have now?
1: We have two restaurants, uh, fresh fish market and restaurants, um, super casual type of atmosphere. Um, it's we kind of ride that California vibe. I guess you could say um, you can come in and just buy fresh fish. You can come in and just eat, or you can do both. Uh, we're opening another in uh, North Scottsdale, hopefully in the spring. And then um, we are also, we also service about 75 plus uh, restaurants within the valley as a wholesale distributor.
0: It's like a heck of a business show built there. Congratulations. Thank Very you.
1: Good. Thank you. Oh. It's, you know, it's, uh, it's been really fun and our passion and just the support from the community is really just what's kept it alive. And, uh, through our mission of what we're doing, we've attracted some really amazing team members that kind of are just have allowed us to go to the next level.
0: Well, that's uh, you must stay extremely busy, um, yeah. but yeah, <laughs> but I can tell you really, y'all really are, are passionate about what you do. Uh, yeah. So uh, I saw on the video, your chef talking about, I mean, you, you guys were talking about like, that guy was really interesting breaking down a fish and knowing where to put the knife and, you know, mm-hmm. the, tell me about that. Cause I, I just, I don't know. I just never really thought about all that, but that seems yeah, to be I mean, a so crap
1: we We handle all whole fish. I'm actually up at our warehouse now where everything is trapped in, or we fly in a lot of fish from around the world as well now because we've grown so much. Um, but we're we're processing whole fish. Um, and it's an art, you know, it's a a very to to get the highest yield out of the animal. and um, then on top of that, utilizing every bit of it that we can um like with the tuna as we cut it we take the carcass and we're scraping off the meat of the carcass and that turns into one of our most popular dishes at our restaurants of our spicy tuna bowl um and nothing we do is frozen so um it's really you can taste the difference in um, how the fish is cut and how it's presented to not just us but to our customers um there really is an art form to it and uh Juan he's our head uh, cutter now up here he kind of is head of quality control um and he leads the we call them our fishmongers the the rest of the guys that that cut all the fish but um you know we're bringing in um thousands and thousands of pounds of fish uh 2 to 3 times a week via van and then there's more that comes in um from all over the world via airplane um and you know a lot of a lot of what's been done in the past is you know uh, a, a loin is flown in from somewhere not a whole fish so having us be able to control the product um from whole fish to dish is has made um our our product you know stand out amongst others
0: well okay so you've got stuff being trucked in you have stuff being flown in what happened during covid with all that especially the stuff that was flown in that must have been uh
1: you know covid COVID was definitely, you know, I think we're still feeling the supply and demand issues um, in the supply chain from COVID. But fortunately, because uh, we have our boat in Point Loma, and that's where our head processing facility is, um, we had all the connections to the local commercial fishermen. So uh, it, it almost put us at an advantage because a lot of these bigger companies weren't able to buy off of these guys anymore. So we kind of came in and saved um, saved the day, I say in some sorts, like the tuna industry You know, they come in and they have boats full of tuna and then they had nowhere to put it. So we were able to start processing it for them, store it at our facility, and that kind of got us involved in the local tuna industry within San Diego. So really utilizing local fishermen during COVID really helped us and helped them keep the local fishing uh, aspect alive um things that are being flown in it really act uh it it didn't pose as much as a problem as probably one would have thought um because a lot of things are just shoved in cargo and uh uh, it's a lot of it's coming from long beach or from san diego which is a very short flight as well but um we really reached out to um you know the local the local community of sorts to support the local fishing industry. Because we have our swordfish boat, we're a sustainable swordfish boat. So that's pretty much what species we specialize in. We can get, you know, OPA and other items off of our boat, but we're targeting swordfish. Uh, and that's solely what we do bring up. So um, just being in the commercial industry for so long has really, um, have has given us the connections to, um, you know, buy directly from these from these guys and get the best get the best product from them. And that's like California halibut, black cod, local grouper, uh, local California yellowtail, opa, bluefin tuna. The list goes on. Uh, you know, we have an urchin diver that goes and uh, gets uni for us, and um, mm. it's a uh, it's it's really cool and it's really to see it's it's neat to see how you know how much the community in Arizona appreciates what we do as well.
0: So the. Uh how is like over the last, I don't know, since y'all been doing this, like what's changed with fishing? Has it had has like are you having do you use farmed fish as we well? We do as? use
1: farm fish and we used um, you know, farm there's a lot of misconceptions about farmed fish.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh you
1: know, if you there are bad farms. There are good farms. It's more about educating yourself on where your food's coming from. And that relates to anything that we put in our bodies. So, uh,
0: you you know,
1: the, the farm salmon, for instance, is one of the highest farmed uh, species because at this point salmon's a commodity. It's almost like there's seafood and then there's salmon. Um, you see salmon on every single menu in every single restaurant around the world, basically, and there's no way that we the, the ocean could keep up with the demand of that. So, uh, with that being said, there's you know there are good farms and bad farms, and we purvey products um, from farms that are sashimi grade. Uh, that are farmed under the, the highest, uh, standards. And, um, we, we stand behind all of that as well. So it has, you know, that obviously causes some questions within our markets and our products, but, um, the product speaks for itself because there are some, you know, there's chicken. I won't eat because if I know Ooh, where it so came cheap. from yeah, and, yeah. you sure. know, and, uh, Cows and chickens and pigs didn't they they weren't born on farms like they were wild at one point and still are so it's really just uh, part of our our our, another piece of our mission is education so you know. we've converted a lot of, I only eat wild salmon eaters to, you know, understanding and appreciating the product because if we only ate wild salmon, there would be no more wild salmon to consume. And yeah. we aren't the only people that eat, we aren't the only beings that eat salmon. It's uh you know, there's animals that depend on the, 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 you know, this, the salmon and all that. So, um, you know, it's kind of interesting. There's a, there's a shrimp farm actually in Gila Bend, Arizona, which is basically in the middle of the desert. So there's uh, (laughs) inland, inland farming is, um, and it's, it's becoming a thing because they don't want to pollute the ocean. And, you know, there's, like I said, there's pros and cons to every way of doing something, but our job is to understand that we're giving the best product that we can find. And we're our stamp of approval on it means that, you know, we, we're going to stand by and it's quality and they're, these guys are doing the right thing and we want to bring it to the people.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. Well, I mean like, you know, i try to eat, um, pasture raised, grass fed, grass finished beef, ate a lot of beef. Like I don't want to get the stuff in the feedlots. Like it's, it's very different. Um, same deal there. Um, so yeah, I don't really, I just don't know a whole lot about, um, about that. Like when you have a, a farm, like what is it, I mean, paint the picture for me. Like, is it like a so, massive amount of ocean that's like.
1: Some of them are, some of them are like deep pens in the ocean. That's basically like a huge kind of blocked off area for right. these fish to swim, um, without getting other species in there. Yeah. Um, some of them, like, you know, the inland, um, the desert shrimp, um, we're actually supposed to be going on a tour of that facility, uh. Um, coming up here soon because it's something that's been recognized by the seafood watch program Um, so you know these bigger names are standing behind these initiatives um, to kind of you know people aren't going to stop eating seafood but we need to make sure we're doing it in a smart fashion Um, you know I think I would say that the bad farms are the ones that are you know overstocking pens that are could be inland or just you know um, the water that's being used, or, you know, we, we tend to, our salmon comes from the Faroe Islands, um, Tasmania and, um, Scotland, and it's in like super cold, undisturbed water, essentially. Um, and you know, it's, the product speaks for itself and it's really like, it, it comes down to, I think the biggest, uh, you know, speculation people have is what are they being fed? So the diets are trying, we try to emulate, they try to emulate matching the diet of what they would eat in the wild. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And, you know, I mean, if you, you eat a, a cow that's farmed versus someone killing a, a wild, you know, animal, there are going to be some differences and nuances and whatnot. So um, it's a It's I think farming is going to be more of the future of fish. And I think that a lot of people don't know about it, but there's a lot of just automatic negative connotation with it. So like I said, educating um, and just, you know, if you see it's a farmed fish, Google. I mean, everyone has a phone in their hand. Look up the farm, look up, ask where your fish comes from. Um, Don't be afraid to ask questions about what we're putting in our body. Uh, you know, it's, um, that's, that's something that I find important about what we do is just, you know, making people more familiar with products or fish or species that they won't typically eat. You know, someone comes into the fish market and they're like, oh, I just want salmon or halibut. And it's like, well, have you tried this Corvina bass? It's beautiful. It cooks nice. And, um, it might be an unfamiliar name, but just giving them the confidence to be like, okay, this is this is a great fish. Now I know more about this or, you know, to, uh, playing a around with grouper, California halibut versus Alaskan halibut. Mm-hmm. Alaskan is a super fatty, amazing fish, but it's only available a certain time of year on a fresh standpoint where yeah. California halibut, it's, it's similar. It's diff- like, it's not as fatty because it's in warmer waters. It's a thinner flat fish, but it's around year round and it's a super clean white fish. So just kind of sharing those bits of information. And I think, um, a lot of what people, our customers love is like that small connection that they make. It's like going to a butcher, you know, you come in and yep. you want to talk and find out what's fresh and find out what's the best and how to cook it and and whatnot. So, um, another item that's typically farmed a lot is shellfish and, uh, with COVID the prices of scallops have skyrocketed, like out of control.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: So, I mean, those are the types of issues we see with COVID. So, you know, we, we've chosen to kind of we used to carry these larger scallops, U10s, which means about 10 scallops to a pound. Um, but our cost and then has gone up so high that we don't, you know, we don't want to have people pay $50 a pound for scallops or upwards of $60 a pound for scallops. So, um, there are, you know, there are things we've, you know, we, we have smaller ones available that are still just as great, but it's, um, of just changing with what's available and um it's supply and demand issues from the farms and what they're able to provide um but you know a lot of oysters are farmed a lot of clams mussels all of that so um yeah it's just uh becoming more familiar with uh you know with where our food comes from at the end of the day
0: well it's funny you you say that farming can have a bad connotation sometimes i think a lot of people don't have a. am trying to learn I i try to do the best i can to learn about stuff what i'm eating and where it's coming from i mean a lot of people don't i I don't think i think the average person just you know they don't know that you know they're they're eating like you said every restaurant everywhere has yeah well you know i think it's
1: funny a lot of people will come in and when they see a whole fish in our case it's like oh my goodness it has eyeballs it's looking at me all the things and it's like well it didn't just like swim up as a perfect cut like rectangle (laughs) filet uh you know there's a lot of work that goes into it like you know, we, we bring in so much salmon and all the salmon have to be scaled and all of them are broken down and pin boned and it's a lot of work. And uh, that's just salmon. And um, so really just like having people understand, I think we're, um, I'm, I'm just kind of generally speaking, but as Americans, we've just, we've been trained to walk into grocery stores and trust what we've been given. Right. Um, and true. instead of kind of going to the next level and, asking questions and or um you know trying different things or asking you know um just where did it come from and if they don't know that gives them an opportunity to you know find out um it's just you know the more the more questions asked the more knowledge and growth is to happen so that's that's what i like to emulate within our staff and something we do to kind of you know as being in the desert we hold um kind of Twice a year for our staff, we do Chula University and it's going over all of the fish, showing how we break down the fish, um, talking about farm versus wild, really giving our team the skills to, uh, you know, take care of the guests that come into our door. And a lot of people are mostly just really scared to cook fish, which I find so funny because it's so easy. Um, and so going over simple cooking applications, you know, cooking scallops couldn't be easier. Uh, you know, they they'll buy salmon cause it's comfortable when they don't want to mess up buying the halibut and, or, you know, the grouper or whatever else is in there. And, um, it's really, it's, it's a lot easier and a lot more comfortable and uh, just getting people used to buying what's available locally instead of outsourcing everywhere. So with our connection to San Diego, And what we do in San Diego, that's a huge part, bringing in species that might not necessarily be what everyone's running to, but once they try it and they're like, wow, thank you for helping me cook that. Thank you for helping me like, you know, telling me, oh, you know, like black cod has just as many omega threes or more than salmon does. And, um, yeah, black cod. It's a, typically it's, it's popular, I think, um, as a miso marinade is the kind of, uh, application that it's been popularized with but it's a super delicate white fish that's very good for you it has all the good oils and all of that um so just uh, you know and then on top of um new products it's also the sustainability side utilizing collars um you know we just we had somebody we, we had one of our chefs just take the tail piece of a swordfish and he uh, made a ham out of it so taking,
0: uh, made what? He, he did what?
1: yeah, he made a swordfish ham out of it. It was cured and dried and hung and all these things and the way he sliced it and the texture, wow. it really ultimately, obviously it's not ham, but it, it gave the same texture taste, and all of that of ham. And that was taking kind of a tail cut and utilizing it because uh, most of the time, how our restaurant piece kind of evolved Uh, was having our wholesale and our restaurant coincide together and the restaurant utilizing not the waste but the scraps the leftover pieces that uh, you know the restaurant the wholesale customers don't want Um, belly pieces of the swordfish are not desirable but we've made them desirable and now our wholesale customers want them because they see like how much fat they can carry and how well they stick up to a cooking application and you know, we smoke all of our own fish and um, we figured out a way to make the swordfish collar look like a tomahawk chop. And uh, we've got a huge restaurant in town that now sells it as, you know, and it's an amazing piece. I don't know if you've ever had a a collar piece of fish, um, but it's typically it's like where all the fat is and uh, there's just all these little pockets of like deliciousness and, um. It's just really using every piece to kind of make the sustainability factor go full circle. Which, um, you know, I'm the our fishing practices from um, how the fish is harvested, how it's taken out of the water, to um, us controlling it from boat to table um, in our own refrigerated vans, um, and then knowing that once it's here, it's harvested, and we're utilizing everything that we can. Um, and just, you know, having people try things that they wouldn't. And I think it's a uh, and then you take our chef team that literally I call them fish magicians because they they'll convert someone that doesn't like seafood into a seafood lover just because of what they can do with the fish. Um, you know, for instance, we've got like a swordfish Cuban on our menu as one of our features. We've got a swordfish meatloaf sandwich. Um wow you know, a lot of what we, we utilize a lot of swordfish because that's our, that's our, you know, bread and butter with what we do. Um, but, you know, we started smoking all of the salmon bellies because no one, you know, typically that's not a piece that customers want on the wholesale side that, so we're cutting all those off. We're like, what do we do with all these? So we have, um, it's like smoked and cured and we call it Kyle's candy and it's one of the most popular Mm -hmm. things that we sell at our markets. So um, just really, uh, you know, education, sustainability and, um, you know, making sure the product is always top notch. It's really just kind of our passion and our mission. And um, it's just it's fun. And, you know, we we've the growth that's been happening is uh, it's you know, I pinch myself every day. Kind of. I didn't. We started this with just kind of being like, oh, let's bring fresh fish to the desert to yeah. see what we've done in the last six years is mind blowing to me. So
0: that's so awesome. How, how did you uh so you you said you were from Seattle originally I'm from Seattle, yes. And then you went to you went oh you went to college there.
1: Yeah I came out here to ASU. Uh and then I met my husband. And we got, we actually got married at the Seattle Aquarium before we started the seafood business. So it was kind of in a, a foreshadow to what our life was going to be. Um, and then our business partner, Hogan, uh, he grew up with my husband. They've known each other since fifth grade and he's been in the restaurant industry for a really long time. So um, it was kind of when we first started um, my husband, John, he was more wholesale and sales uh, Hogan was more restaurant focused and then um, I have restaurant background and I restaurant background marketing and you know kind of the the boring accounting background stuff. Um, so the three of us kind of just ended up being the perfect trifecta of what we needed to make this thing grow and um, you know we used to be housed our wholesale and our restaurant were housed under one roof in 2019 we split into three locations. Um, with the warehouse being one of them and it's just kind of been nonstop growth since there. And we are very fortunate to, um, you know, thrive during COVID and, um, it was, uh, you know, we saw a lot of our local restaurants, you know, not be so fortunate. Um, but, uh, we've been able to, you know, help others get back on their feet and, um, you know, we understand, uh, we understand the hardships of everything, and um, a lot of what we do is, like I told you, is so community-based. And we really wouldn't be here without the community, and um, that's kind of just what keeps us going.
0: Yeah, it's been tough for a lot of folks the last last couple of years. It's been hard. Um, has it? Uh, has it? I mean, look, like, what has anything changed significantly about your business? because of COVID, like, did y'all have to, like, use more technology or change? Absolutely.
1: Like, we had to figure out online ordering, like, almost overnight. Um, We, so our wholesale division took the biggest hurt because, um, you know, a lot of these local chefs and everyone that we were supplying were closed down. um, Some didn't reopen. um, And, you know, that took our we, we have our own fleet of vans and all of that. So our wholesale definitely struggled, but fortunately our restaurants were able to kind of keep the whole, um, keep the whole, uh, company alive. Um, and we were able to use our, our fleet of wholesale vans to start home delivery. So, and oh, wow. so we transferred, we shifted from, um, you know, it was, it was, flight or flight. It was like, you know, do we freak out, cry all the things? Yes, that happened, but uh, what do we do to get out of this? You know, what can we do? What tools can we use are in front of us to just like make this happen and see what we can do. So we were able to launch home delivery within our own um, fleet of vans. And that was just bringing fresh fish uh, to people's doors instead of to restaurants. Um, it's kind of died out now, but it's still something that we do, but we also, um, we did get into online ordering. So that was something that we had to um, develop and figure out and, know using things like schedule fly to help us communicate and uh all of that and um so you know i mean i I definitely think it's changed and then you add in the the like i mentioned the supply chain issues with disposable goods um the cost of gloves are three times what they were two years ago and um just to go boxes and you know all those items that are needed that uh are you know they they're they're expensive and to reflect those changes in costs and also the changes in our protein seafood costs um we've had to raise our prices and uh you know most people understand um but like it's not we're not fast food we're not you know we're a high quality uh seafood restaurant in a relaxed setting um so it kind of gives those people you know it's like you can go in. We don't have white tablecloths. It's not you know. It's just coming in. You can get good food. You can bring your family, hang out, take some fish home, um, kind of just going off of that. And um, I think like our style of service allowed us to kind of maintain, um, maintain, maintain ourselves during COVID because we're you order at the counter uh we don't have a we don't really have a wait staff um but i think the struggles really uh as of right now are finding employees um Mm. and finding uh and just products you know the lack of certain products that we need to operate um you know right now we're expanding our we're expanding our uh, uptown location to add a bar and um full patio and we're waiting on Um, some equipment before we can open. And, you know, it was ordered weeks ago and it's somewhere we're just, it's probably off in a container truck off the coast of Long Beach, but, uh, you know, it's, 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 uh, it is what it is. And we kind of just are we, what I think we do great here is um, we really uh, utilize and can transition to what's being thrown at us at any given time.
0: Well, it's an important quality, it's, you know, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, it's probably one of the things that maybe it benefited a lot of entrepreneurs in a weird way with COVID because if you started a business, you've already had to make tons of tweaks and changes and things didn't go the way you, you planned. And it's just like, it's, you're always having to make adjustments. So then COVID hits, not that it makes it any easier, but just one more challenge to try to overcome. Yeah, it makes and, you know, your
1: wheels turn in a different direction.
0: Yeah. So, yeah.
1: And yeah, I mean, we all have like, we're, we have children, small, like, you know, family is a big thing for us too. So, uh, you know, just kind of keeping up with, keeping up with all of it. I kind of just have this theory in life that's never a dull moment. So
0: <laughs> it is never a dull moment. How many kids do you have? I have two. We How old have two. are
1: uh, Five and seven and a half. <laughs> and then my business partner, he's got a seven-year-old and 10-year-old. T-
0: so a, that's such a cool thing for them to get to grow up around this business. Oh, yeah. Our son was up. born
1: two months before we opened our first restaurant. He's basically, you know, I, our restaurant celebrates their anniversary and I'm like, Oh, this is crazy. Like how time has flown and what we've done and how much we've grown and how much our k- kids have grown and just their hands on within it and seeing mm-hmm. it. Um, it's really pretty cool. And um It's uh, it's awesome to see. We call we call our staff our fish fam. Um, We we strongly believe in empowering our team so that they become better individuals. um, And that only that will only make them be better workers and be more passionate about their jobs. And um, just having, you know, the desire to want to come to work every day versus like, you know, I'm sure we've always been, we've all been in that position that where we don't like what we're doing and we're just doing it to do it. So, um, you know, focusing on mental health and giving them the tools they need and supplying, um, you know, health insurance for them and and whatnot. So, you know, it's a, and especially now it's very competitive and to find good people. And, you know, we just, we just want to make sure that our people are happy and happy people, are what we want
0: <laughs> well yeah I mean it, it makes such a big difference with that experience with guests and boy it's hard to get people right now it seems like I mean you know, I talk to you and Arizona it's everywhere I talk to people around the country right now
1: crazy. It's, it's crazy I don't know what they're doing
0: that's my question like where are they all going
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know are they all and dropping then-
0: like uber or something like i don't know I know. it's
1: crazy because you know i'm like we put ads out for you know we're paying very competitively and i think a lot of everyone everyone in the industry has had to make that shift um to do so which also adds another hardship to small business owners hospitality industry um just the added 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 expenses of everything um you know, but that's, it has been difficult finding, you know, people just to show up for an interview, you know, or, but, um, they've done, we've, we've done the best we can. And I'm, I'm very proud of our team and, um, we're going to continue to be on the mission of, you know, customer service and awesome fish.
0: (laughs) Do you, uh, I'm curious, do y'all take the skins and like dry them and give them, give them out like to To dogs dog treats do you ever yeah
1: the skins actually you know what the our team makes chicharrones out of the salmon skins and tuna skins believe it Mm -hmm. or not like do you know uh, like pork rinds
0: it's basically
1: like salmon skin like deep fried salmon skin and it's like a chip and they'll make a dip to dip them in it's pretty incredible uh no But the dog food thing has been something that's been on my back burner for a long time. I actually take our scraps from the warehouse and I bake it and give it to my dogs.
0: <laughs> yeah, they love it. You know, I uh, I was grilling some salmon a few weeks ago. We've got three dogs here. And, uh, you know, they're all out there staring at the grill like, hoping oh, it yeah. And I and I had the salmon skin. I had put it over on the side and it got dried out and I just it was like a chip. Like I yeah. picked it up dude, my dogs devoured them. I mean, like i yes. <laughs> really loved them? Like just straight off the grill, just, you know, they cooled off enough, hardened up and they, yeah. I was like, Oh, so now we try to do that. Like, you know, once a week we'll throw some, some salmon or something on the grill and man, yeah. they no,
1: salmon's bad. really good for them. I mean, I, that's another, there's, so I, my mind never stops churning and they're always like, Mandy, come on, chill out on all the ideas. And I'm like, no, but, It'll eventually happen, uh, you know, we were in the process of trying to get a, um, a commissary kitchen built in our warehouse to have the ability to kind of do projects like that, um, you know, make more fish stocks available, um, make just more kind of, you know, fish bones, that's something that people like, or the heads and all of that. So yeah. Yeah. Um, before COVID, we were, you um, there was a company that would pick up all the waste and it was a dog food company. Um, so they would pick up the waste and then they basically rate you, they give you a rating on what the quality is of your waste. And then it's like pennies, but they add up, but it's still, it's going somewhere, you know? So unfortunately that stopped in Arizona. Once COVID happened. Um, but, um, that is something that I do want to make happen because I'm a dog lover, I'm an animal lover, and um my my team thinks I'm crazy, but there is there is there is something to it.
0: <laughs> There's truly totally something to it. Do it. I mean, I, I, I'll uh put them on a website, I'll I'll order them from you. you order them
1: from me awesome.
0: awesome. Yeah, man. Absolutely, good quality. Uh absolutely, no doubt about it. Well, y'all have a um you have a cool story, you do a great job with your uh your storytelling, you know, the Thank video you. is awesome. Your website, your, your branding is cool. I love your hat. Like y'all just do such a good job. So when you build that brand like that, as you know, somebody that understands marketing so well, you're, you're building this audience and you know, then it's just, I mean, it, there's all kinds of things you can do. Cause you can, mm-hmm. you know, look, now we have Chula, you know, dog, uh, fish skins or whatever for dog. Tr- I yeah, mean, like, yeah. go back to, you know, brands that they trust and y'all y'all have earned that trust and we'll continue to, but, I just i i tip my hat. I think I think you you're doing something really cool out there, and we're proud to serve you. And I I really appreciate you taking the time to you know wrap with me today and share the yeah, story. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And, but,
0: and, and, uh, yeah, I learned a ton. So this is you yeah. Know, I
1: And I can go on for hours. <laughs> so it's 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 fun to talk about what we do because, like I said, I'm passionate about it. Um, You know, being being able to do this and um, have happy people, you know, surrounding us, you know, whether that be our team or our customers, all of that, like it just makes it makes coming to work easy.
0: So, it does. Well, yeah. hospitality is a wonderful thing. We've, you know, I mean, people that work in it, that they, they, uh, they understand it and appreciate it are happy people. Typically, they're hard workers. They're, you know, they they do everything for their customers and for their teammates. Customers mm-hmm. love going somewhere and being taken care of, it's, especially now people really really want to not be exactly up and stuff like that so um well thank y'all thank you very much manny i appreciate yeah, it thank appreciate you so much yeah and um i mean if y'all ever need anything you know you know where i am and uh,
1: awesome. we'll, uh
0: if we if i ever get out anywhere near near y'all please uh, do
1: or maybe one day we'll be out that direction
0: <laughs> you for coming. Uh, we'd love it. <laughs>
1: awesome thank you have a great day all
0: right see you bye,
1: bye.